I think the three main reasons people are being ignored and they can't stand out is because they don't know the right way to approach their marketing, right? To getting people to be aware of who they are. And so that kind of comes down to a couple things. And the first one is, is they don't know who specifically they want to target, who their ideal customers are. And, and this is really where Nike and any brand like Nike spends a lot of time. I mean, every quarter before we'd kick off our seasonal campaigns or product creation or anything we did at Nike, it would start with a, a refresh and a revisit of who are we making this product for? Who are we making this campaign for? Who are we trying to attract? You know, all these kinds of things, right? Because we want to be so specific and clear about who we're trying to bring into our brand. Welcome to the Boss Lady in Sweatpants show. I'm your host, Allison Scholes, and I'm on a mission to help female entrepreneurs like you ditch the overwhelm and comparison and teach you how to create less but better content with ease and build an extraordinary brand and business, but do it in a way that is aligned with your soul and makes you crazy happy with your life. This show is filled with faith-led episodes about content creation, social media marketing, and business growth with a side of coffee and Jesus. If you're ready for some juicy content, then it's time to hand your kiddos those tablets, grab your coffee, whiskey, or wine, and let's dive in. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the show. And today we are going to get into brand message, your personal brand, and maybe why you, your personal brand is getting ignored. So without further ado, welcome to the show, Parker. Thanks. Good to be here. I'm glad you're here because we actually got connected on Podmatch and I was able to check out your profile and I was immediately intrigued to find out that you are a 11 year veteran of Nike and you've helped Nike like build half a billion in annual revenue, which is so impressive. So coming from that experience of Nike, and now you're helping other business owners and entrepreneurs, like take us back. I want you to introduce yourself to the audience and take us back to that life of Nike. And then what made you pivot out of that? (laughs) Yeah, sure. Yeah. So today I help mission-driven businesses, entrepreneurs, and startups attract more customers with clear messaging and marketing. But like you said, I spent... Uh, a little over 11 years working at Nike and through that process got really a f- kind of front row seat to see how one of the greatest companies, brands in the world goes about creating product, creating marketing, branding, the process to which they go and build their business and really turn, not just acquire customers, but turn customers into crazy diehard fans of their business. I mean, they actually have a term in the Nike world and in that world for them. They call them sneakerheads because they're just so obsessed <clears throat> with the footwear companies like Nike puts out, right? They're just, they're kind of zealots <laughs> in that world in the best, in the best way possible. But you know what I, I so through that process, seeing that, uh, and just getting through that experience and just being around that that area, started to slowly realize that you know, what makes Nike successful isn't just that they have endless resources. I mean, they don't have endless resources, but they have lots of resources. And, <laughs> you know, it's it's not just Nike too. It's basically any billion dollar brand. They have access to 
billions of dollars that they can throw at their marketing. And many people may just think, well, they're successful because they have endless money to throw at a problem. Well, that is true to some extent, but it also can just be a fast way to burn a bunch of cash and, and just crush your business. But if you actually start to really look at why are brands like Nike or Apple or any of those brands that we know really well and like, why are they successful? And, and it really comes down to a handful of key principles of branding, messaging, marketing that really any business should and could do that we can apply to our own businesses, no matter what size, what kind of business we're in. And so, th so through that, I got to a point where, you know, it's wonderful to be at a place like Nike where what you work on impacts millions. But I just started to slowly realize, gosh, there's a lot of really cool businesses and people out there with great products and services that I can see aren't going about this the right way. And because of that, they aren't reaching their ideal customers, their ideal clients. And I just wanted to go help them out. So I kind of slowly started doing that. And through that process uh, of helping owners out, I did uh, this when I was still working at Nike, I started this on the side and I helped some, some buddies out with their business. And that first text I got from them that like, hey, uh, we just sold something on our website for the first time ever. It, that text message was mind blowing to me and like the most rewarding uh, thing I had done in quite a while. I was like, uh oh, <laughs> I got the bug now. I got to go keep doing more of this. So that's kind of the, the long and short of how I've gotten to where I am today. And I think that's really cool that you took what you've learned being with Nike so, you know, so many years that you've taken that and now you are sharing your knowledge and you're serving other people so they can really just take those tools because really yep. that at the end of the day, that's what it is. It's a couple of tools, but putting them, you know, together neatly and, you know, that's when you can have like that finished product or service to put it out there and actually make revenue and build your community and get those raving fans like you were talking about yeah, through totally. Nike, because I think all of us, when we are starting a business and we're building a personal brand, like I think when you said Nike, you said Apple, we immediately think recognizable or memorable. And that's what we all want, right? We yeah. want our brands to be memorable. So I'm going to come out of the gates with this question. We'll start like a different way. Why do you think most personal brands or businesses are being ignored? Like what are, what are they doing wrong? Let's tackle that first. Yeah. I think there's there's a there's a handful of reasons, uh, but I think so. I'd say there's there's probably three main three main things, and I, we can jump into a little bit of them. But I think the three main reasons people are being ignored and they can't stand out is because they don't know the right way to approach their marketing, right? To getting people to be aware of who they are, and so that kind of comes down to a couple things. And the first one is is they don't know who specifically they want to target, who their ideal customers are. And, and this is really where Nike and any brand like Nike spends a lot of time. I mean, every, every quarter before we'd kick off our seasonal campaigns or product creation or anything we did at Nike, it would start with a, a refresh and a revisit of who are we making this product for? Who are we making this campaign for? Who are we trying to attract? You know, all these kinds of things, right? Because we want to be so specific and clear about who we're trying to bring into our brand. So for for your audience, you're listening to this. I mean, many of us, I think we either get into business, be like, hey, I can do um, this for anybody, right? Mm -hmm. And if it, it can apply to anybody, it's really for no one because no one can see themselves 
engaging, buying, working with your brand. So, you know, let's say you have a, a bit of a business already going. I think there's a couple of questions I always like to start with to think about, hey, how can I refine in on who is my ideal customer? And a couple of different ways we can ask that are simple questions. And just thinking back about around this is who are your highest profit, lowest maintenance customers or clients? That's kind of like the sweet spot of do great business and uh, they're easy to work with or they're easy to serve, right? So that's a good tip off. Um, so another question you can ask is who refers me the most to other businesses or clients? Basically, what we're doing with these kind of first questions are trying to figure out who our biggest fans are, right? Uh, another question you could ask are what are the business or brands that get you most excited to work with? I mean, and, and conversely, what are the businesses or clients or people that when they come to you and they're asking, hey, can you help me with this or that or I want to buy something from you? You're like, mm. you're kind of dragging your feet a little bit. Mm -hmm. I mean, I know everybody has that, yeah. has that experience. And that should be a tip off of maybe they aren't the best fit for you or you're, they're not the types of businesses or people that really get you excited, right? Like this should be good business, get you excited. And last is who's got a really a problem that you know you can solve that they can get great results with. So that's where I try to like focus and, and rein that in on who are those ideal customers. And so many people, whether they're starting out or they're into business, you know, we're just in the get it done mode that we don't stop and go, hey, wait a minute, we've been doing this for a bit. Where have we seen the greatest success in this? Right. And I took a client through this process not too long ago. And it was funny, they were going through this and they started to realize, oh man, wow, we do a lot of business with government agencies. I was like, oh, interesting. Do you guys like that? They're like, yeah. Uh, the contracts are great. They're super profitable and they really enjoy what we do. I'm like, awesome. Do you guys want to do more of that? And they're like, yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's like that immediate clarity of, okay, okay, now that you know that, well, let's put some more efforts into creating marketing that targets them specifically, right? You actually have a clear path forward. And I think that's one of the biggest things of why we want to do this is, if what you do can appeal to everyone, again, that really then appeals to no one, but worse, it leads to paralysis for you in your business because you you don't have a cleared path forward of, well, where should I go? Where should I spend my time? Where should I spend my resources? You have to at least pick some lanes so that you can make some concerted efforts in progress going forward. So I think that's kind of the big, the big thing first is uh, you don't know what or who they want to attract. The second really big problem is, and why they're being ignored, is frankly, they don't know what to say. Mm. And this comes down to messaging. And there's a couple, I'll break this down into a couple problems of what I call messaging mistakes. There's four big ones. And this is really what holds people, your message getting out there. And in a world now where it's so noisy, there's so many people, there's so much stuff going out there. And now you got AI things that are just like pumping out more stuff. Like it's just even more crowded, right? There's just more noise out there. So yes. making sure you have a really clear message is so important to be able to cut through that to reach your ideal audience. But so a couple of things that we need to make sure we're avoiding. And the first is what I call being a me monster. So one of my favorite comedians named Brian Regan, he has this awesome bit 
and I'll do my best to say this and try not to ruin his joke, <laughs> his, his, little, his little punchline here. But he always talks about, you know, whenever he goes to a cocktail party, a dinner party, he always ends up getting cornered by that one guy that's the me monster, the one that's, you know, pu- you're pounding his chest, bragging, talking about his expensive homes, vacations, blah, 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 me, me, me. It all ends up being about him. And he says, punchline goes, and that's why I wish I was one of the 13 men that walked on the moon, because no matter what, when I get cornered by a me monster, I could trump him with the ultimate trump card. I could say, and that reminds me of the time I walked on the moon and it would shut him down. So anyways, long story short is <laughs> so many of us think that we have to talk about ourselves. We have to talk about our accomplishments. We have to talk about our businesses to prove our worth to our customers, or clients. But when you're doing that, all it comes off is uh, you're coming off as the me monster, like that guy that's bragging all the time and nothing drives people away faster than being a me monster. And that's what we need to understand is nobody cares about our business. They only care about how our business helps them out. And if you look at any ad of Nike, Apple, like Amazon, any ad you see on TV, you see that perfectly. They never talk, almost never talk about their business. They only talk about how their products and services help their customers out. And I see this so many times especially on local TV, like you'll see an ad from Amazon or something, and then there'll come an ad for a local car dealership where the the 30 minute or minute spot is all about the car dealership, their family, how long they've owned the the dealership, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, I have no idea why I should even come to your dealership. You haven't talked about what I want and I'm the, I'm your customer, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so that's really what it comes down to. We've got to be able to talk about our customers and not our business. So don't be a me monster. I love that too. I love that analogy because it almost makes me think of like a really bad elevator pitch. Mm -hmm. If someone is just spouting off what they do and then you get to the lobby and you're like, well, yeah, I know what you do, but yeah, how can, why does that have to do with me? Yeah, right. Right? Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah, exactly. And that's, so that's a question we need to make sure we're answering is uh, your customers are thinking, what's in it for me? Mm -hmm. What's in it for me? And if you're rambling on, you're going blah, 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 talking about yourself and you're like, okay, I'm tuning you out. I, I got nothing. And that's where you get the responses a lot of times with people will be like, uh-huh, okay. Yeah, the, non, the non-answer the non answer. And like, hey, look at that. Hey, good for you. And then it's just gone, right? Like they're just brushing you off because they're going, I got no idea what this person does or I don't really care. You know? so, so if you're getting those kinds of responses, check that, right? So the second messaging mistake a lot of people make then is jargon or confusing language jargon is you know whether i'm sure your audience too they probably they're probably experts in their field in somewhat in some mm-hmm. way right something they know something they've learned something they have a skill set or they've created a product or service that they know really really well so therefore you know you probably know more than 99% of people out there so if you're because of that we forget that our customers our clients they don't know as much as we do so if we're using that kind of insider language, jargon, the way we talk about our business to our customers, we're basically speaking French and they only speak English. And uh, I think the worst, not to pick on them, but the worst are tech companies. Their tech companies are the worst at this. They use all the acronyms and like all these complicated language and words. And you're like, I got no idea what they're talking about. It really comes down to, they talk about features and functions all the time, F words, but no (laughs) one cares. No one cares about your feature. They only care about what, what benefit, what outcome does that feature produce, right? That's what we actually care about. We don't even, one, we don't know what the feature does. Two, we don't really care what the feature. We just want to know what, what, what it, like, what does the feature actually produce for us? So make sure you're being 
really clear. You're being using simple, obvious language. And best of all, use the words, use the language your customers use when talking to you. How would they describe it? How would they talk about it, right? That's ideally what you want to be talking about and how you want to be talking. The, the next problem is kind of what we went back to at the beginning was trying to be everything to everyone. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. The friend to everyone is a friend to no one. And brands like Nike are really specific about who they uh, want to attract and then communicating that too. I mean, a really good example of this was from a handful of years ago. I mean, Nike's done this all the time. They make sure they do this really when they're putting any of their brand campaigns out. They want to be really clear on who specifically they want to bring in to Nike. But a handful of years ago, they came up with a campaign starring Colin Kaepernick, former NFL quarterback, got in some controversy with the national anthem, taking a knee. People want kind of berserk for him, supporting him or against him. doesn't mm-hmm. matter your views or anybody's views. But so Nike ended up come, came out with a campaign and it said, some to the fact of be willing to stand for something, even if it means sacrificing everything. And it was a picture of Colin Kaepernick and, you know, people went, oh my gosh, how could you be supporting him? Blah, blah, blah. He's anti-American, blah, you know, all that kind of stuff. Wall Street analysts, finance guys were all going, this is going to kill Nike's business and blah, blah, blah. You know, fast forward a couple of years and Nike's only added several more billion dollars in market cap. Uh, long story short, they're doing really well still. And that's because the people that were the pundits, the critics of that campaign, didn't realize that Nike knows their consumers and customers so well that by communicating what they stand for, they're really sharing the same values that their customers did too. And by doing that, they create a stronger bond with them. And the flip side of that too is by creating that stronger bond, communicating what they believed in, which they knew their consumers and customers believed in, they also helped to push away the people that really aren't good fits for Nike's brand, which meant they don't need to spend as much time, resources, and heartache trying to just try to attract people that may never really appreciate what they do. <clears throat> so, so it's that attract, you- repel. I mean, if you're attracting, <laughs> you're going to be repelling. And that's actually a good sign. It's a great thing. And, you, you know, it's, you don't want to be, caught in the middle because the middle is just where you get crushed. I mean, there's, I've heard uh, this analogy before. There's a metaphor. If you're swimming in the ocean, you either want to be on the beach or you want to be past the breakers, but you get caught in the middle and the breakers, you're going to get caught in the, in the waves. You're just going to get smashed. Right. Right. You can't be, we can't be one way or the other, but I want to make this sure this is clear with your audience too, is we, this doesn't mean you have to take a political stance on things. It just means you need to clearly communicate who you want to attract, who you can help, uh, how you, you communicating that you understand them, right? So there's no confusion around that because if people can't come to you, whether it's physically or your website or digitally where they see you and they can't understand, wait, who's this for? Is this for me? I'm not sure who, who this is actually meant for. If they're asking those kinds of questions, they're not going to spend 30 minutes trying to figure that out. No, they're mm-hmm. just going to go, they have a problem. They're looking for a solution. They will go find the other brand that can answer that quickly that goes, Oh, that's me. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Let me, let me talk to these guys about this. So that's another thing we got to make sure in terms of our messaging is uh, being really clear on who we want to attract. And then the last thing is just, this is where so many people, and this is where like, I mean, you just brought the, the example of the elevator pitch one, a lot of elevator pitches all about them Two, They're long winded. So 
where so many brands just try to say too much. They feel like I have to tell everybody everything all at once. This is everything that I do. And the best brands distill what they do down into a few words. I mean, that get stuck or memorable and that we can just repeat over and over. I mean, this is why, you know, big brands really focus on taglines and, and stuff, slogans so much like that. And I mean, Nike, they've done two things that we remember really well. One, they have an awesome logo, the swoosh that everybody remembers, visual, mm-hmm. visual cue. But the other thing is they have three words that people have known for 30, 40 years. And it's just do it. Just do it. Yeah. They didn't come up with just do it once and like, all right, next year, we're going to do another one. Next year, we're going to do another one. Next year. No, it is. They were like, this is great. We're going to stick with this and we're going to run it over and over and over and over again. And I mean, Apple did this too back in the day. And this was a big shift in their marketing was they went from selling features and functions. They had, you know, big spreads about there's all the technology and the hardware and software of our computers. Guess what? It was overwhelming. They said too much. No one bought it. But then they came up with a new campaign because I knew they knew their customers really well. They knew their customers wanted to be known as creative types. So the campaign, they distilled it down to two words, which was think different. And when they thought about when they came up with think different, people realized, yeah, I am a different thinker. I am a creative and I want products that help me think different. Right. It was such a brilliant thing. It was only two words they came up with Hmm. that really distilled that down. So. Do we need to do we need to get what we do into two or three words? No, we don't need to get it down to that much, but we need to get it down simply. We need to be able to communicate the right information at the right time so people understand what are what do we do? Who do we help? What am I going to get by buying and working with us? So I want to recap. So the first like biggest reason that we're getting ignored is the way that we approach our yep. marketing and our target audience. And the second one is like what to say, our messaging. We want to avoid the me monster, clear our jargon and the confusing language. Don't be everything to everyone. And sometimes just saying too much. So those are the two reasons. And you have two more of why we're being ignored. Yeah. So other ones are, so once we have that, so that really that is kind of the foundation to great marketing is customer and message clarity. So those are those two pieces that we need to make sure we're, we're avoiding those problems. We're, we're getting clear on those things. The next thing we need to do is make sure then we have the right marketing assets, the attraction assets. And this is where, gosh, I mean, marketing can be overwhelming for some people because there's so many things you can do. Oh, you got to have a website. You got to have the coolest logo. Oh, you got to have Facebook ads. You got to be on YouTube. You got to be on every single platform, blah, 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 blah. And it's like, <laughs> oh my gosh, this is so overwhelming. And I'll just say this. If be wary of any person or marketer or you know branding expert that is only espousing the one thing that works for everybody. No, it's not one platform works for every or one hack or trick works for everybody. It's what works for you, what works for your customers, what works for your clients. And the answer should be, well, it depends. You know, some platforms are best for others, some some platforms aren't best for others, right? It's that sweet spot. But when it comes down to, all right, hey, if I'm either starting my business or I am, I have a business going. I think there are three things that we want to make sure that we just have in a solid uh, foundation as part of like our sales funnel. And that is one, an effective website. And it doesn't have to be super elaborate. Just a really good one page website can really do wonders for your business. You want to have a lead magnet, which is, you know, depending on your business, most 
most customers are not going to buy from us the first time. And mm-hmm. the higher price item your product or service is, for sure, they're not going to just come to your website or meet you for the first time and be like, yeah, cool. I'm down to just drop $5,000 right mm-hmm. now. No. So if you don't have a lead magnet, which is a free resource you can exchange for their information, they will leave your website, forget about you. So that's why a lead magnet is so important. It helps capture their information so that you can build a relationship, nurture them, stay top of mind with them, which is the third piece of marketing collateral we want to have is effective an effective email nurture and sales campaign. So once you get them into your funnel, which is you got come to your website, they, they, they download or sign up or access this lead magnet resource you've created. Now you can continue to stay in touch with them and build their, build trust with them, nurture them with an effective email nurture campaign. So that when they eventually are ready to solve the problem that they have, as it relates to your business, they they remember you as that brand, that person, that business that can help them because you've stay in touch with them over a period of time. And I love that you never mentioned social media. And I try to drive that home all the time with my audience. Like, yes, there is a place for social media. There is time and place to build camaraderie and community. But at the end of the day, I am a firm believer you do not want to solely build your business on rented land. It is not yours. It can disappear tomorrow. But those assets that you were talking about, your website, the lead magnet, the email, you own it. It is 100% yours. And that is really how you want to not only build, but grow that brand and that business. So hallelujah. I'm so glad you didn't (laughs) say social media. We are on the right page. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, social media is fantastic it's wonderful but again you know that's where i see whether people are starting out or they're in business for a while they believe in the fallacy i gotta be in all places at all times all platforms no 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 like especially if you're a solopreneur there's only so many so much you can do Mm -hmm. and so many places so much time and resources you have so figure out where's my customer my clients my people most likely to be so figure that out and then and then also does this also align with what do I like to do? If I, uh, if you hate to make videos and create videos and po- you know, do social media like videos and stuff, then TikTok's probably not going to be great for you because you're probably going to try and go, I can't stand this. I hate it. And you're going to quit after one week of doing it, right? So it's finding that, hey, I like to write. Okay, great. Uh, my customers also like to hang out in these places where it's a lot of written word, but, but wonderful. So then find those areas where you can kind of bring your, you're, you're aligning your, what you're good at, what your customers like together. And would you agree too, when we're going through like the right marketing assets and trying to incorporate social media into that, we also have to think long-term Yep. because if you are spending way too much time on your social media, like yeah. um, part of the wheel there, you're taking less time away from the other marketing assets. And is that social media effort going to work for you in the long run? Like think about if you do a post on LinkedIn or Facebook or Instagram, like it's going to last a day or two and it's gone. It's forgotten about. Totally. And it's, it's the only way social media can or does work is when you're doing these things, which is you, you have a clear specific audience that you're speaking to on the social media platform you're on, right? You have a clear message about 
their problems, what their challenges are. You're giving them advice and tips and tricks on how to do that. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, it's also too, this is why I've seen this as like the expectation of one email or one post mm-hmm. or one thing. No, that's not going to lead to business. It's consistent. Consistency is really the key here is it, it takes a long time. So yeah, like social media is not a quick fix thing. It's something you have to commit to over a long term and, and over the long term, it can be great for you, but it takes a lot of time and consistency to do that. And so you need to fix that. You need to have that, that, that balance of what are the short-term activities I need to do that can keep my business uh, going forward and, and win me clients or customers or business right now. And then what are mix that with also, what are the long-term activities that will uh, grow my influence or grow my audience, grow my customer base. So it's finding that balance of those two activities. So you can't just take your eye off of one or the other. Right. I agree. Oh, so well said, Parker. All right. What is the fourth reason why we're getting ignored? Yeah. So the fourth reason is the old random acts of marketing. And that is so many businesses don't know what they need to do when. And this is, it's it's, it's the right thing at the right time. And this is where brands like Nike, Apple's, Google's, all these guys, it's nothing they do is by chance or like, hey, let's go try this thing. It's 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 like they follow a step by step process to go about creating their marketing, their branding, these campaigns that they're doing out there, right? And we need to apply that uh, it, it, to our own business in the same way too. So that's what kind of what we're talking about right now is. So first, that is getting really specific: customer and message clarity. Who's your ideal customer? What are the words, the message you need to create to actually get them? to pay attention Two is what are the key marketing attraction assets you need to have to when they become aware of you, that they engage with your brand. And then three, what is the actual system you're putting out there to get people to know you, to learn about you, to understand you. And I, that's where I break it down when I call the three B's build, borrow and buy and build is the content, building the content that gets people to know you, know you and like you and trust you. That can be, again, it can be what's best for you and your brand, your customers. Is it blogging? Is it social media? You know, what are those different things that you can commit to over long term to nurture people, to move them forward in their buying journey? The other B, which most people want to jump to, is buying. Oh, paid ads, Facebook ads, you know, traditional media, whatever. That's wonderful can be a fast way to burn a bunch of cash if you haven't tested these things out. And so, you know, if you think about buying, that should really only be the last step in your marketing process. It's a, we know this is working. We know who our customers are. We know the messaging is resonating with them. We know we have the right assets. So now we're adding fuel to the fire by going to paid ads and buying for, for traffic for us. But what so many people overlook is the borrow. And what I mean by that is borrowing other people's audiences. That is partnerships and collaborations. And there are other people out there that are working with and serving your ideal customers, but with a non-competitive product or service. So how can you partner and collaborate with them to provide greater levels of, of service and value to your guys' shared ideal customer together? And that's really what Nike does so well. I mean, Nike gets all the attention for, oh, they just spent millions of dollars on this brand campaign, but they do partnerships and collaborations all the time. And it works so well, 
because when another brand or person has already done the hard work of building trust with a following and they go, hey, you should check this brand or these people out, they're extending all that trust over to you. And so, for example, Nike over the last decade or so has really tried and made a concerted effort to get into the high-end fashion world, which is, you know, maybe a little bit like, wow, that's kind of strange. Uh, sports footwear apparel companies trying to show up on Paris and Milan and, you know, all these like New York high-end zones. Uh, but that's really what they wanted to get into. And so by doing that, they didn't just, hey, we're just going to muscle way, our way in here. What they did was they collaborated with key designers or brands that already had uh, a foot in the door of that area. And by coming together, then they get that instant credibility, that instant trust, and it's a win-win for everybody. So you, you get access to this, this loyal following and introduce to them to build a relationship with them. And because you have some customers some people that like you, you're introducing them, your partner, to the people that you work with. But ultimately, it's a win for your customer because they get access to greater products and services they didn't have before. So partnerships and collaborations, if, if you're not using that in your business, is a major miss. And it can be one of actually the fastest ways to grow your business is with key partnerships and collaborators. And I just want our audience to understand that like, this is exactly what we're doing right now is okay. I'm having you as a guest on my podcast. Yeah. So being a guest on podcasts is a great way to get that visibility. Another way is to do guest trainings and other entrepreneurs, Facebook groups, collaborate on a social media post, write a guest blog post for someone oh. else's website. Like all of those are just such great ways to expand your visibility, mm -hmm. get that foot in the door, and you're exposing yourself to a whole new audience. So that works like tremendously. That's my favorite way <laughs> to <Yep>. work, really. <laughs> And it's also just really fun to be able to work with people you enjoy and can partner with and collaborate. It's fun, right? Like you get new ideas, you're able to bounce ideas off them. It's just rewarding and enjoyable. Yeah. And I think we have to remember too, that there is space for everyone. Don't think of it as like a competition or, right. oh my gosh, I can't talk or collaborate with anyone else in the same niche. Like, yes, you can. Like there's so much yeah. room out there and you're going to learn so much more. and by collaborating, you're also expanding your own visibility because most likely the person you collaborated with is going to share what you did. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. You're, you're exactly right. You're exactly right. So, um, but yeah, I mean, so 100% partnerships, collaborations are amazing. Uh, and, it, you know, this isn't something that just the Nikes, those big brands can do. It's these are things any size business and brand can and should do. And especially if you're starting out, definitely have some great partners and collaborators. They can help you fast track your path to success with that too. Of hey, let me introduce you to some folks, right? Like, what yeah, a what a yeah. great way and easy easier entree to uh, get in front of some people that you know you can help. Yeah, absolutely. Now I want to circle back to okay. the third part with the right marketing assets. And number one yeah. was the website. Yeah. So, what do you think every website needs to attract more customers? Yeah. So a couple of things uh, we, we should definitely have. Again, you know, every business is a little bit different, um, whether you're e-commerce or you're selling a service or whatever. So take this as kind of a general rule, not a has to be done this way. But these are some pretty good elements that we, we want to have for our website. 
the first thing we must have, and this is really critical, is a clear above the fold section. Above the fold section is that uh, marketing website and the lingo from back in the day, newspapers, you get the paper folded and it's that main headline. So basically what is, what is the first thing that you see when you come across, uh, come onto someone's website? <clears throat> so that first ma major landing section. And we want to make sure we're answering uh, three questions or your, your visitors can answer three questions really clearly in about five seconds or less, because generally research shows that we have somewhere between five, eight seconds to capture someone's attention. If you don't answer these quickly, they're going to, they're going to be gone. So the first question is, uh, what do you do? The second question is, who is it for? And the third question is, what do they get? If you can answer those three questions really quickly, then people will understand clearly they're going to be, if, if they're your ideal customers, they're going to go, yep, know exactly what they do. I'm their customer and I have that problem and I want that product or service. Yep, cool. I'm, I'm interested. Tell me more. And that's when they'll you know start scrolling down your website uh, to engage more. So make sure you have a really clear uh, above the fold section. And when writing that, answering those questions, this goes back to the messaging mistakes. Use your customer's language. Yes. Talk like they talk, right? <laughs> skip the jargon, skip the acronyms, skip that vague language, be really specific and talk like your customers would talk. So that will help you land a really nice above the fold section there. Yeah. And I just want to reiterate for the audience, when we say above the fold, that is before there is any scrolling. So when yep. they land on that homepage, they do not have to scroll to read or find any information. It is right there for them. I love that. So it's what I do. Who is it for and what do they get? Yep. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. That's and awesome. There's a, here's just a, you know, I'm, I'll, I'll try to explain this, uh, but you can check this out. There's a great brand. Um, it's called Dr. Squatch. And the commercials have been out there quite a bit. So if you went to their website, I'm not sure if you'd see it like this is what it was or if it is right now, but generally this is kind of what it's been. And if you go to their website, what you'll see is first is a clear picture of some bar soaps and deodorants. So you're like, okay, they make uh, personal hygiene products. And then they've had a he main headline and sub headline that said, uh, smell like a man, feel like a champion. So in five seconds, I go, all right, they make bar soaps, deodorants, personal hygiene products. It's clearly for men. And the outcome is I'm going to smell like a man. I'm going to feel like a, a champion. Okay, great. Like, now, not everybody listening to this is a man that wants to smell like a man and feel like a champion. But if you are, like, you go to their site and go, I know exactly what these guys do. And if it's for you, great, you're in. And if it's not for you, great, you're not going to waste their time or your time trying to see, hey, is this for me? Is this the right you know, place? No, you're going to go somewhere else, right? So they make that. They just, I mean, they knock it out of the park and it's so good. And they have, they have a fun brand too. So it's pretty humorous, a lot of stuff they do. But they're great above the fold section. Yeah, that's really cool. So maybe everyone go check that out just to get an idea of like yeah. what it looks like and the impact they have with the language. So here's the ultimate question. How can smaller businesses, solopreneurs yep. market like a billion dollar brand without spending billions? Because I know we were referring to Nike a lot and I know mm -hmm. that might sound very intimidating. Yep. But if we bring it down to a small business or a solopreneur, how can they start marketing like Nike. Yeah. So this is the, this is, we've been talking about these things pretty much the whole time. 
today, but I'll, let's make it really clear. There are kind of three major stages to great marketing. And this is based on the experience of working at Nike Sam, they go about this process. And then once you just realize, oh, this is the way all great brands do this. These are the three stages that lead to effective marketing. So the first is customer and message clarity. And I'm probably sound like a broken record here, but it's so important because mm -hmm. this is where uh, we would spend so much time. I mean, you, you know, people probably think like, oh, Nike, like they go and spend a ton of time on the creative or the campaigns and blah, blah, blah. You'd be surprised how much time they actually spend on who and what are we going to say to them? Because it is so important. So going back to those original questions, who's your ideal customer? Who can you help? And really, what is what are the words that message, you should have messaging framework of how do we talk about my business to, to get people to pay attention? So that is stage one is customer message clarity. That is the foundation for all of your marketing because it's going to be about what you say, how you say it, and who you're saying it to. <clears throat> and that's what great marketing is, is across all those different pieces and touch points they have with you, you need to make sure you're explaining that, communicating it clearly. So customer message clarity, stage one. Developing your key attraction assets is stage two, which are that website, lead magnet, mm -hmm. email, nurture, sales sequence. And then stage three then is none of that stuff matters unless you get it out there. And this is one of the biggest you know, fallacies or mistakes people have is the belief that uh, if I build it, if, if I build the coolest logo website, the best product in the world, whatever, if I build it, they will come. And that's what we need to get over. If you build it, they will not come. You have to give <laughs> your customers and clients a reason to come to your brand, right? And so that's where really the marketing hits the road is your attraction system. What are those activities you're doing to get people to know you, to become aware of you, to know, understand, oh, they're working, they're helping these people, they're helping them solve these problems, and this is what they do. And that's where it goes back to that, the, the three Bs, the build, borrow, buy. So those are the three stages, customer message clarity, develop your key attraction assets, develop a key attraction system to bring customers into your brand. That's how you market like a billion dollar brand. And that doesn't have to cost you a fortune. A lot of right. it can be done on your own. And exactly. I, I want to make this clear too, of, of they're in those stages in that particular order. So many people jump to the end or they want to go to the website or these things, but they don't even know who they're trying to attract, what they're saying to them, right? Do it in that sequence and everything will be built off of the last stage. And so it'll be, it'll be better. It'll be sharper. It'll be more effective. Parker, this was awesome today. You nailed it with everything as far <laughs> as clear messaging. So before we end our conversation, please share where the audience can find your work and learn from you. Yeah. So go to my website, parkertnash.com. I also have a free resource for your audience. It's called the three-part business boost. And it's three quick videos that will essentially show you a lot of those kind of key marketing assets uh, done the way a Nike would, but for your own business. Uh, so you can go to parkertnash.com slash boost to get that. And then I am most active on LinkedIn. And, uh, to my knowledge today, there's not a whole bunch of Parker Nashes out there still. So uh, you can just punch my name in there, find me on LinkedIn and connect with me and send me a message. I'd love to talk. Awesome. I will make sure it's in the show notes. And thank you so much for being here today. This was such a great conversation. Yeah, likewise. This has been fun.